It was supposed to be one of the most memorable days for Steve and Melanie Fisher as they walked into the hospital preparing to welcome their second daughter into the world. Within moments, Steve and Melanie Fisher's life was changed forever. In the years that followed, Steve and Melanie walked through days that were unimaginably painful and difficult. You're listening to the Reframing Ministries podcast, providing help, hope, healing, and humor for people walking through pain. Here's our host, Colleen Swindoll Thompson. Hi, my name is Colleen Swindoll Thompson, Director of Reframing Ministries at Insight for Living, and the host of the Reframing Ministries podcast. I'd like to sit with you as we provide help, hope, healing, and a good dose of humor as we walk through life together. In this podcast, I have the opportunity to sit with Steve, along with my dad, Chuck Swindoll, both of them very accomplished men, both graduates of Dallas Seminary, and both fully agree there is nothing in life that prepares us for life like the school of suffering. I have an incredible opportunity today to introduce you to two amazing people. First is my dad. (laughs) I think he's pretty amazing. (laughs) And I'm sworn to secrecy. Thank you. I know. Thanks for signing that. I will tell everything I know. (laughs) Who has Insight for Living um, and the ministry, which has ministered all around the world and continues to. And then I've also invited Steve Fisher to be with us, who is now at Stembrier Community Church, but has two master's degrees, one in marriage and family counseling, I believe. Um, yes. From Dallas Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. so that passed the grade. And then also a master's in science and physiology and worked mm-hmm. um, in cardiology services mm-hmm. in Memphis, Tennessee. Correct. Steve has also been married for 30 years to Melanie. They have mm-hmm. four daughters. Three of them are now grown, Mm -hmm. and the fourth is grown, or in heaven, as we shall say, since Mm -hmm. 1995. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to start out, because I want our time together to be very comforting. Mm -hmm. And Steve, you're in the midst of your own struggle right now, Mm -hmm. as well as your previous loss of your daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, what was that like to go through as a family? Where were you at the time, you and sure. your marriage, and you had sure. one daughter already? Uh, first of all, thank you, Colleen, for this tremendous privilege uh, to tell a story that has uh, impacted your life and humbly has a chance mm. to influence others is, uh, is indeed a great privilege. So I was raised in the Midwest, uh, um, a blue-collar family, um, grew up in the Catholic faith, and uh, as you indicated, got a, a master's degree in, in physiology and, and worked in a hospital. Um, my wife and I uh, were married, and we uh, had a child. We were married in Memphis. We came down to Dallas, and I was working actually at Texas Instruments. Huh. And uh, we had our second baby, uh, Peyton Lynn. And Peyton was born uh, multiply handicapped. We didn't know in utero if she was sick. Um, uh, so when she was born, um, it was uh, a shock. Uh, but she's our baby, so we love. And um, Peyton's diagnosis, um, the best we ended up knowing was the geneticist said something switched on when it switched off or something switched off when it switched on. So basically she was undiagnosed. Um, she had a, 
what they call a constellation of symptoms. She was um, uh, immunosuppressant. She was uh, had uh, microcephalic. She was dysmorphic. She had a, a tremendous seizure disorder. Uh, she was fed through a gastostomy treatment. She's a mess. Cutest little thing you know you could ever believe. Um, uh, they indicated that um, uh, chronologically um, she grew, but developmentally she was never beyond. Um, a six-month-old, she said she couldn't, uh, would never recognize her parents, and uh, that was hogwash because, you know, you'd put your face down there, and, and mama loves on a face. She knew she turned to our voices, and so... Just their voice. Oh, absolutely, and so uh, she has continued to, she continued to surprise people. Um, but it was, it was a long journey. Um, we didn't know, we didn't have family. My family was in Wisconsin, my wife's was in Memphis, and so we were effectively alone here. And through the course of Peyton's mm. disorder, the first two years, we'd be in the hospital uh, 63 days straight and then home for a handful of weeks and then back in the hospital for 37 days. And so we were in and out and I was holding down a job and my wife is a nurse. Um, <laughs> and so, so we just, um, by the grace of God, um, uh, figured out how to do it. Um, and. Uh, when Peyton was first born, um, uh, the, the, the incredible thing that continues to keep unpacking and unfolding in my life is that um, I, I looked to my faith and I, I didn't necessarily have a context of understanding what all is unfolding. But who does? But who does? You're, you're exactly right. You don't right. understand. They don't write a book on how to raise as special needs child. Absolutely right. And so, but I looked to my faith and I, and I didn't have that, that anchor. Um, there, I, um, uh, I, as a scientist, I, I could understand it at one level, but at another level, it wasn't making sense because um, uh, the, the, it wasn't a real cause and effect. It, it, it just happened. And you um, couldn't fix it. We could not fix it. Great, but you had great, a degree in it. Yeah, we, we, I could not fix it, and I was mm. blessed to have wonderful insurance, so we had the finest of medical care. Mm. And um, uh, a friend of mine... Um, uh, really began talking to me about my faith and 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 uh, what was going on with that and quite frankly I, I was I was stunned I couldn't answer that so so that began um, me understanding what this person of Christ was about and and what does hope uh, mean what does grieving with hope mean what does sovereignty mean um, mm. I didn't know that I didn't understand that and so um, Peyton, my precious Peyton, is the one that began to unpack that um, in spades. And um, uh, that journey continued. Uh, she passed away, actually, at home in my wife's arms on the morning of the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, we didn't even know that took place. She passed away at, uh, at 520. Uh, it may not be good theology, but my wife and I love to believe that she was, uh, those were many children taken that morning. And mm. uh, we like to think that our little angel was... Um, part of that uh, welcoming home mm. crew. Mm. Um, like I said, maybe not good theology, but it, it sure feels comforting to, yeah. to, to, to know that. Not everything has to fit into a verse. Uh, yeah. When you have so yeah. much grief, yeah. there are just things the Lord comforts yeah. you with, yeah. and that was a comfort for yeah. you. And it, it was just, a, it was five years. The first two years, we really chased a diagnosis, trying to find out what, and um, there was this point, and, and my wife and I talk about it frequently, and I, I'm not exactly sure what all came together, but there was this almost this collective sign said, we are just 
going to love this child. Not that we didn't before, but we stopped chasing the diagnosis. Yeah. And um, the last three years of her life, we um, we just enjoyed the fire out of her. Did and you it really? Was, it, we took her everywhere, and people would look, and you know, you'd be gavaging her in the, you know, in, in a movie theater, and and people would give us whites. We had great, we had great parking <laughs> they spots. We had, away. we had all kinds <laughs> yeah. of space. Great parking. They, 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 yeah. <laughs> they, they just didn't know how to handle that. And my other daughter, Brittany, mm -hmm. who is um, ah. amazing how, how she dealt and coped with that to have a little sister. Mm -mm. And, and, and all that goes with it. We had home care nursing and um, how do you live with someone in your house? How That's do you funny. learn how to do that? Thank Isn't you. Melanie a nurse? Yes, she is. And in, in, in fact, um, she was a, a cancer derm nurse, a cancer surgery nurse. Wow. And, and when Peyton was born, um, again, through um, a, a series of events that we couldn't have scripted, um, we ended up starting a home health agency, a pediatric home huh. health agency uh -huh. out of her home. And my wife, who is... Uh, She's amazing. Yeah, that, that's an understatement <laughs> at that point. She is uh, a gift, an mm -hmm. absolute gift. Um, but she was in this phenomenal position to um, step into this place with pediatric home health. As a mom, she could understand moms and, and would be able to advocate to the medical community, look, uh, this is why mom is responding this way. It's yeah. tough. It's difficult. Yeah. And as a clinician, um, she could speak to the moms to say, look, this is why doctor said this. And so she was um, gifted um, uh, and put in a position where she was uniquely in, in that position. And, mm -hmm. and the Lord blessed that. And mm -hmm. she's a tremendous work ethic, uh, just a tremendous woman. And so... Um, our lives changed. I was a, a physiologist, and um, after Peyton passed away, I ended up resigning um, a position at Texas Instruments and uh, went into the seminary. And um, you it know, late, your later, whole life. yeah, it sure did. Uh, that that that's an understatement. And um, mm. again, if I could chew glass and change it, I would. I'm not going to be so noble to to, mm. to say that's my little baby. Um, mm. And uh, uh, did, did you find when you were at seminary, mm -hmm. having had that background yeah. Uh, yeah. experience for yeah. so many years, yeah. that that played a special role yeah. in the courses you took and the direction uh, you were going? That's a good question. A a absolutely right. And, and, and mm. the thing that I, that I share with people, it was, we all have these experiences and, and several of them, but... Uh, the term, and, and you've used the term before, Chuck, it's this sense of crushing. I mean, yeah. I was crushed. Mm. And so I came into um, the seminary as some very tilled soil. I mean, my soil was crushed. And yeah. so uh, continuing that sort of law of the farm, I mean, I was ripe for some planting. Right. Uh, because it, my soil It also was moved everything out of the realm of theory. A absolutely. Even oh, though my. courses in an academic institution Correct. are often theoretical Correct. and need to be absolutely. in some ways. You were always able to reinterpret that yeah. in light of today's yeah. real world right. and what you and Melanie had gone right. through, right. which is such a benefit right. for a student to have. That. No one would mistake me for a theologian. Right. 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 <laughs> and, and that's, that's There's okay. everything right about that. Yeah. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with right. being a theologian, right. but that, not, that was not going to be your role. It was the soil that prepared my ability right. to be a pastor, right. yeah, which is really right. it. And never... I mean, your your degrees were not in ministry at all. You weren't even at the no. time a believer, I don't think. Or you no. were you were religious. I, I was I was really trying to understand, and and yes. um, uh, 
when I was really introduced to the cross, I mean, the cross is a game changer. It, the cross gave me the ability to say, okay, Lord, it, it helped me move from asking the question, why, to what now? And, and that takes time. It's not a switch, mm. but that is what facilitated and that is what um, the redemptive opportunities became where we began to look at, again, never... Um, uh, glorifying or glamorizing or mm. or wearing our our hurt as sort of this this noble badge of honor but really it being mm. from the inside out mm -hmm. changing mm -hmm. us and and, and I, I've always appreciated the fact that you've never exploited yeah the grief of right. that experience right. you've not tried to gain an audience or milk the the right. sympathy of another right. You will at times drop it in, and for those who right. don't know, it's, right. it takes your breath away right. to hear what right. you had gone through. But I think it gave you, uh, Steve, having worked with you now for mm -hmm. 10 years and mm -hmm. more, uh, it gave you a, a natural depth yeah. of understanding. Yeah. Mm. So you don't have to have it all spelled out. Right. You can often finish the sentence. It, um, of a person going through tough times. Mm. Well said. It, it, it's really about perspective, it, and that's what mm -hmm. crushing does. It gives you a different perspective, it yep. and, and it, it changes the lenses in which you view life, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and that doesn't come a, a, without a cost, and, and everyone has that story, and, and that's the great opportunity. I would hope through, through this message and through this time that we can challenge people to look at whatever they're going through, mm -hmm. divorce or death or right. uh, whatever, that this is the great opportunity of the faith. This is the great opportunity that, that we have right. um, uh, walking through this journey. And, um, you know, I've got two younger children. I've got mm. Brittany, who's my oldest daughter, and Peyton. And then I've got Anna and, and sweet Alexandra, who are um, didn't know their sister, but but their lives are also part of our story mm. at that point. And they're just And amazing. different parents. You're different parents. Yeah, yeah. Did it make a difference in how you raised the two daughters? Yeah, it sure did. After, you're ready. See what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You already know where I'm going. Exactly. Yeah. Once you've had your yeah. Peyton and all yeah. of that, and then more children came, yeah. you were a different kind of father. Uh, no question. And, yeah. and it's, it, it may be simplistic, but, but it's, it's true. I guess things are cliche because they're true more often than not, and that is that moments matter. You know, yeah. things that... That's um, not simplistic. Yeah, things that perhaps would have just been part of a day-to-day -day, right. uh, when you have a child who couldn't walk. I've got a daughter who, who plays soccer uh, at Arkansas. Uh. To see her run, even on her worst game, I can smile and go, man, she's running. Right, right. And, and to see my, my beautiful Anna uh, exceed, and, and, and Brittany, who's gone through her own trials but yet has has become the master. It's, it's those moments, yeah. and that's the perspective yeah. piece. Those moments matter. Not everybody likes this quote, but Tozer wrote it years ago. <clears throat> it's doubtful God can use anyone greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that, that lands hard when yeah. you're in the middle of the hurt. Yeah. And it sounds like God is a sadist, you yeah. know, uh, sort of... Uh, pushing you against the wall and daring you to breathe as right. he has his fingers on your jugular. And really gets blamed. Yeah. Like, uh, how could you? you Tozer know? didn't write it with that in mind. No. Uh, the best part of that quote is to be used greatly. Yeah. But we, we, we want the shortcut. Oh, a yeah. absolutely. Well, I, I want that without Peyton. 
Yeah. You know, oh. I want that without a daughter that gets a divorce. Absolutely. I want that without the X-ray coming back. Yeah. It's like a tumor. Yeah. Has all the marks of a malignancy. Yeah. Yep. I don't want to hear that. I don't want. Mm. That. But the hurting greatly. Yeah does something to yeah. us. It, it, it strengthens us from the inside out. Of I mean, course it does. It, it's, life isn't a cognitive ascent where we just sort yeah. of learn concepts. It's, concepts are vital to, yeah. to understand, but, but it is truly through that crushing and right. then through the redemptive peace that mm. only comes because of the cross, that's, that's, where it's, uh, that's where life is lived out. Let me, at the risk of embarrassing Steve, <laughs> say after these 10 years, as a pastor at the church where Steve serves, I've yet to hear the first complaint against Steve's counsel hmm. and compassion mm -hmm. and approach. Mm -hmm. Now that's a remarkable, <laughs> if there's a lightning rod in the church, it's either the music <laughs> or it's the counseling ministry. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, uh, not only is it true of our music, but I, I will say with you, Steve, you 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 touch people where they are. Thank you. You yeah. you help them. Yeah. You don't preach, uh, but your words carry with them a very oh. a, a great depth of wisdom mm. that you don't get out of a book. Yeah. Hard earned. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I want to thank you for that. Well, thank you, Chuck. It I, is. I, uh, I mean that with my whole heart. Thank and you. also say that he's not for hire, is he? <laughs> no, don't want to go anywhere. Any, I am. Uh, if anyone watching yeah. this even has that thought, may uh, it's not gonna happen. May the flies yeah. and the fleas of a thousand camels land in your armpit. I'm old enough to understand where that one came from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it is. It is. It is a. It is a, a humble. We are humble grateful to have your yeah. influence yeah. and to have your perspective yeah. that you bring, because. Uh, when you're there, I always I can always say to the others on the staff, have Steve in the meeting because he will bring hmm. a depth that's necessary. And the, not that they don't have some, but we've not gone through what you've gone through with the loss of hmm. your daughter. And God has used that. Yeah. He used you greatly. In yeah. fact, that is exactly what you said when I said, hey, let's do an interview. Absolutely. Hmm. You said, you know what? First thing out of his mouth, First reply, you got to have Steve there too. Yeah. Try. Uh, I, I've been blessed. Like I said, my, my wife, Melanie, um, we are true partners and, um, you know, we've uh, worked through things and are working through things. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think what we try and do, we have a, this saying, there's this echo um, that we look at each other mm. and it's a challenge and we go, okay, it's time to behave as we believe. Mm. And it's yes. a simple statement, but boy, does that jar right. us just... Steve, would you just behave as you believe? Right. In my office, uh, my wife gave wow. me a, a picture of her and I, and it sits behind me. And, uh, and, and, and she kind of smiles, and the picture's there, Steve. And she basically, paraphrasing, says, okay, when you're sharing all this wonderful... I'm listening, and, and so I need you to bring some of that stuff home. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and before we turn Steve into a seat yeah. to stand in the wall... Yeah. Uh, let me add, there are moments, I'm sure, when you have to say, I don't know what to say here. Oh, I may have been yeah, through this yeah. experience, yeah. but what you bring, yeah. it, 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 
there's no answer yeah. that I can come up with. Yeah. But I'm here to be with you. And, and I think, Chuck, that, that is truly the greatest wisdom is realizing you don't have the right. answers. You don't. It's this I've presence. never found a verse that says we have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I we bring it on ourselves. Right. If I'm in this role and I have this responsibility and this person comes to me or this couple with their mm -hmm. difficult child or teenager, uh, there's nothing that says in the Bible, I right. now must speak right. for God. Right. In a right. way that will give the answer <laughs> that will echo through to the halls, right? Yeah. Just it, please don't. Is what yeah. I, I think well, well, those well, who think that I don't want to talk to. Right. One of the greatest gifts I think a pastor can can reach is learning how to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Sure. Realizing that the Holy Spirit is the mm -hmm. one who who brings comfort and and just learning how to be comfortable in tremendously uncomfortable, right. tremendously difficult. Well, situations. I heard you say a while ago, Colleen, that. You realize just being there yeah. is in itself ministry, yeah. oh. is in itself compassion. You know, I just did a study on the loss of Lazarus. And when Mary and Martha had called for their dear friend. And their brother. Well, they called for Jesus to come. Oh, they called for Jesus. I thought because you he was dying. Yes. And commentaries will say, well, was he too far away to get back in time? Or blah, 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 blah. Bottom line is, they were losing their brother. Yeah. Yeah. And Jesus was their friend mm. who could help. Mm -hmm. He was out helping. Right. right. And yet he came back and they said, where were you? Yeah. We've lost him. Do you know that there's a relation? I know you know. You guys both know this. No, you know what I learned the other day? Tell us. I'm, I'm, I'm all I love hearing this. There was a relationship between the man born blind mm. And the people around going, mm -hmm. well, was there sin in their life? Is it because they didn't pray enough? Or what, you know, as scripture puts it, right. those verses are related because Christ says it is for the honor and glory of the Lord mm -hmm. that you should endure these things. And mm -hmm. my name will be praised. And he heals Lazarus mm -hmm. and but first weeps. Sure. With Mary and Martha. Sure. And is grieved over their loss. Mm -hmm. He was just present. And so I think we look for those answers or probably in the ministry feel like, especially with a DTS degree or a theological degree, well, I should know, I, I should know the four-step plan to this or five steps to that. Sure. Jesus didn't show up and say, <clears throat> first of all, right. he just wept. And then he looked at those around the man born blind and said, there's no sin in their lives. Hmm. This is for my honor. A longtime friend of mine named Joe Bailey, who's now gone from us, uh, lost one son and then a second son and then a third. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. Three. And he writes in his book, um, it's now named The Last Thing We Talk About. The first title I, I preferred, The View from a Hearse. Mm. Huh. He said he will never forget, some people came at that third time of grief, and they talked, and they talked, yeah. and they prayed, and they read verses, and they had a poem, and they talked, and he said, I, I, I couldn't wait for them to leave. Yeah. 
Others came. Hmm. And just sat by me. Yeah. And I never wanted them to go. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Right. We need to get away from the idea that you need to read the book yeah. on seven ways to help people or the 10 step plan to bring people peace. Mm. If that book is written, don't read it. Yeah. But we need to understand our presence mm. is in itself a statement of compassion. Mm-hmm. And, and Chuck, I think that's part of the thread that, that runs through um, the ministry at Stonebriar, be it Megan Wall and her leadership team and our special needs ministry, yeah. be it you know what, what Charlton Hyatt has done in, in, in developing the care ministries, and really through every part is the sense of, of, of presence, of, of being there. That's what yeah. we as a church have this wonderful part yeah. to play in this grand tapestry and this, this divine life that, that we have to, to step in and just be present. Um, and, and, and listen, and um, uh, cry, and weep, and, and laugh. I mean, it, it's okay to laugh, it's, um, because that's human. Yes. And, and, yeah. and during that season of grief, there's uh, a need for great humanity, and, and the totality of humanity, of laughing, and crying, and eating, and sleeping, and talking about things that seem you know, irrelevant, and, and, and to allow all of that, that full expression of life, uh, and not truncate it by um, making them follow seven steps. And, and because I think that just minimizes the, the totality of what Christ gave us in life, which is I think all we that. also have to guard against uh, shame-based statements. Yeah. That in, in all fairness, no one sits in the morning thinking, right. see, how can I <laughs> make something... Make someone feel feel ashamed. We don't do that. With all the right reasons, often, not always, but often, we'll make a statement that has in it shame. I've never found anyone helped by being told, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Now, having said that, there are times I do feel, and appropriately so, shame Mm -hmm. for what I have done or said. Mm -hmm. But that's what I'm struggling through. Mm -hmm. No one else has to say to me, you need to feel ashamed of yourself. Uh, Even when Nathan confronted David, who acknowledged his sin Mm -hmm. of adultery, Mm. he he simply said, you are the man. And David acknowledges it and says, I have sinned. Mm. And the very next line, and the Lord has forgiven you. Now, there were consequences, but there was no shame. You know, you spend the next four years, David, in, on probation, and we'll watch you. We'll see if you really mean this. We'll see if you look at a woman, shall we wait for the phone to, and we'll see if, if uh, you have really conquered this matter of, of, there's none of that. And and, and that's that beautiful balance that, that we don't know how to exact the formula of truth and grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that, that is the, the wholeness of yeah. Christ. Is, now, sometimes a person needs to hear, absolutely you know right. that is your responsibility. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. It's that's not right. shaming. Right. Yeah, they had choices. Exactly. Right. They could and have gotten really you're mad. You're dodging around this or you're finding someone to blame. Right. Stop the blame. Well, and in and, and, and times of grief where I've had to, I've dealt with people, whether it's divorce or death, 
where I've had to look at them and say, I know you're going through it, but look, if you don't get up and go to work, it's going to get worse. There you are. Right. And, and, and that's truthful. While that's I, a right. straightforward piece of while, while I'm understanding their heart is aching, right. the best pastoral message I can give them is, buddy, it's going to get worse if you lose yeah. your job. And right. so get up and get your shoes on and go to right. work. You and I have been working with a young man that's gone through this. Yes. As he's working his way out of uh, uh, addictions. Yes. It happens to be alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard him say to me, he said in my car yesterday, he was with me. You know, the thing about Steve, he, he was on me about getting this <laughs> job, getting this job. Well, this week he got the job. Yeah. You know what? He did? He's, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. It, 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 he's a different man. Yeah. yeah. He's a different man. It's yeah. given him a sense of dignity. Yeah. There's, a, there's a future and yeah. a hope. Yeah. He's working through his addiction, yeah. coming to the other side yeah. of it. But without a job, yeah. he's home all day. You know, yeah. man, and, and, and that's that truth and that, and that grace. Yeah. And, 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 and shame doesn't have a place in either of those. Right. You know, truth shouldn't be right. shaming. Yeah, you never hear Jesus say to Mary and Martha, Wait, uh, you should just be ashamed of yourselves. Mm. Yeah. Even though you they blamed him. If you had been here, my brother would not right. have died. Right. There's blame all over that. Yeah. Really? You're yeah. talking to the one who raises the dead. Right. Who made him. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who you knows know? him from beginning to yeah. end. In fact, he had said to his disciples, we'll stay right here. Yeah. And they he he deliberately did not go. He waited. Now, how long with this young man that you just mentioned, uh-huh. you've, you've been working with him. Uh-huh. So the first meeting was not. Buddy, you got to get up and get a job. Oh, no, no, no. This has been how long? Well, it's uh, honestly, Colleen, in in any pastoral work, especially in the work of of suffering and grief, I I think um, relationship uh, matters. That that, that you have permission, you establish a relationship, and and you get permission then to lean into him with truth. Um, um, Coming at someone with with truth initially, you know, that it was supposed to be salt and light, but too much light blinds, too much salt makes it tasteless. The wisdom that the Spirit guides us is help them just enough light to see and just enough salt so it tastes good. And so I I think it's about relationship and and the ability to be comfortable enough with who Mm -hmm. you are and more Mm -hmm. importantly, who you aren't, that, that allows you to be present for someone else back to that thing we were talking about, mm-hmm. presence. Presence is really predicated upon um, your ability to know, again, who you are and who you aren't, what you can yes. and what you can't do. takes the great pressure off. You just get this wonderful privilege to be there. Now, we should add, he came to Steve. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It wasn't that Steve yeah. invaded him yeah. or right. cornered him at church. Yeah. He came to Steve, and he, it was as if to say... I've run out of ideas. The, the, the truth is nobody has helped anybody who doesn't want to help themselves. Yeah. I mean, right. I've never helped anyone right. who, you know... Um, Listing I, Bible verses off and yeah, telling I, them, da 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 they don't want to hear it. One of my favorite places in Scripture that, that speaks to that is, is John 5, when, mm. at, to me, Jesus asked one of the most, with all... Dumb questions. This is a surprising question, question, isn't it? I mean, Bigger's laying there, and he says, do you want to get well? Oh, my goodness. Let me think about that. (laughs) When you stop and you think at the ridiculous nature, but what he's clearly wanting is for this man to to be accountable, to take responsibility, Mm. to have that skin in the game, you know, Mm. to look at him. Do you want to get well? Yeah. 
yeah. (laughs) But for him, for our Lord to ask that question. So that's one of the sort of the, the, the initial questions, the opening, you know, and, and yes. it's not asked in a arrogant way. It's just, do you want to get well? Right. Wonderful. Right. Come on, let's go. Let's go figure out what that looks like. And, and then we get to do this beautiful thing called life. And, mm. you know, that's the perspective that I think that Melanie and I and, and Brittany and Anna and Alexandra have learned how to do is we just sort of try and, and, and show up each day and and and, mm. and just be present. You know, I learned that being present, you know, I can talk about it all day long. Yeah. And then I was called to do that last week. Yeah. As I was telling you with my daughter, because of putting our dog down. And it's a dog. It well, not, a, not just any dog. I know. <laughs> that's a but dog it wasn't that's a got baby. long yeah. years in that yeah. family yeah. of yours. Yeah. And so... As she's studying to be a veterinarian, Mm -hmm. I know she is so much smarter than I can imagine. (laughs) And she knows all the stuff about veterinary work. But she couldn't heal our dog. And so I said, sweetie, we'd taken DeSoto to the the clinic. And he'd lost 21 pounds in two weeks. And... um, I want to do all the things that I'm not supposed to do. I, I didn't know how to stay there with her in it. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just let her do her job and leave. Or maybe I'll call the doctor in and he'll give her the answers. Because mm. I felt so intimidated. But I sat on the floor with her. Mm. I just put my arm around her. Mm. She leaned over. And I just said... Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to say except I'm sorry. Yeah. What do you need from me? Mm. I'm, I can't cry and talk at the same time. And we just sat for a while. Mm. And then the rest of the day, I just asked her a couple more times, what do you need? Well, I want him to have the best last day that he can have, Mom. Mm. So go get Chick-fil-A. And he can eat whatever he wants because he'd been on a real strict diet. So I went and got Chick-fil-A and I came back and I said, okay, now. Um, and again, that, that discomfort rose a little bit because mm-hmm. I saw her sadness growing. We were waiting until our whole family could be there together to put the dog down. Mm-hmm. And there were probably, it was an hour and a half where I sat by the tables and she was scrubbing away. She was cleaning things, helping other animals. And I just was quiet with her. I'm not going to say that I was comfortable the whole time. But when everyone got there, I thought, this has changed me as much as it's changed anybody. Because I've entered into her experience. And I have not tried to fix it. We could not fix him. So we held him as he went. And in the days that follow, we don't want to stay in it, you know, but we've walked, we've taken walks with the other two dogs that we have. We've laughed. We've had memories. We've talked about the memories. Um, Good job, mom. But, well, I didn't feel like it at the first because I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I was going to say you often don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. (laughs) I I don't even know how to explain why someone standing or sitting next to me means so much to me. Yeah. But there are times, and 
because you know your mother so well. Even after 59 years of marriage, sometimes I just feel beaten at the end of a day. And, and uh, she's right there. You know, I'm not some martyr. I'm blessed beyond words. But when you reach that end point, there's a presence that brings more than any words could ever bring. Uh, and I, I think the beauty of your presence with your daughter uh, said to Ashley, um, I, I care right now, mm-hmm. even more than I can put into words. Mm-hmm. And we got all hairy. I sat on the floor, watched her put the IV in, yeah. was amazed at her talent. Wow. You know. So she did the actual? She put the IV in. Wow. And he um, had it in for the day, mm-hmm. and I cleaned up the hair off the floor. That's the healing part mm-hmm. of, or no, not, not healing necessarily, but the part that makes us want to heal. Well, I, I think that's part of what um, Scripture calls the mystery of oneness. That, that, mm. that, like you said, Chuck, I don't know why, but that's the beautiful um, divine mystery of oneness. It, it can't be formulatic. It, it can't right. be organizationally developed. It, it is the presence of the Spirit that does abundantly more than we could ever imagine mm-hmm. if we just allow Him. And um, uh, I think those are those are great words, Chuck. You just sit next to someone, mm-hmm. and you have these feelings, and then that's the spirit doing right. his stuff. Let me, let me add too that you often will have uh, some words that you feel should be said. Mm-hmm. It's nice to restrain. Even yeah, I thought about it. saying something. I of thought, of course you did, Colleen. Shut let, me, up. let me tell you a quick story about a, a friend of mine who, whose name is Bob. He had a young son at the time. And his, his son had an assignment to a draw, I think it was a horse. And the, the man I'm talking about has a little bit of artistic ability. And he's sitting with his boy who is, you know, horses come and look more like a, you know, like a <laughs> giraffe. Popsicle stick. You know, like, like my kind of horse. And, and, and the dad looks and, you know, he knows. I can. So he said, here, give me that. And, and he took the pen and, and, and the pad and, and he drew this fabulous horse with shading and the mane and, and the, the muscles, you could see it. He said, there, there's your horse. And the little boy said, but daddy, I wanted a horse I drew. Hmm. To me, that is how you help a person. They need to go through their grief at their pace. And it will take longer. See, I have my, the most useless degree I have is in fixing people. (laughs) I have an excellent degree in that. Framed in gold, big seal on it, that is absolutely useless. You know, you cannot fix anybody. Anybody. You, You can have a part in helping them yeah. find a direction. Yeah. Just as when we give the gospel, right. we, we cannot save anybody. Right. And right. I know when to be quiet now. It, thank goodness. I've said enough. You do? No kidding. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
That's good. <laughs> it's only taken me 80 years to learn this. Give me a break. Last Sunday, I'm I, was you end, I, I was at the end of, of a message, and I thought, how do I just put the... And it occurred to me at that moment, you've said all that needs to be said. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Just be quiet. The, the, let, let the spirit work. And right. I did. Several people said later, that's the most significant conclusion. Huh. It wasn't even a conclusion. Right. I just stopped. Right. Knowing right. when to stop is yeah. important. You know, fixing is, is, you know, we use that term and I use it a lot. I mean, it's, I, I, I'm not even sure what that means. I, I mean, fi, what does like fix, fix mean? a car? I think it's relief. Yeah. People come and they want Absolutely. relief. Absolutely. Absence yeah. of pain. Do your magic, Steve. Yeah. Right. Do your magic, Steve Fisher. Right. I mean, right. Uh, I may not pay, be paying you for this, right. but right. I, I, I'm taking my time. So yes. fix me. That, that, that is exactly it's right. It's to get out of pain. It's I think that's a critical of point. It's the absence of pain. Right. And yet, for the believer, we can't divorce ourselves from the fact that pain is the, um, what is, is it C.S. Lewis says, the pain megaphone. is God's great megaphone. Yeah. I mean, pain is the very thing God uses mm. to form, to, to draw us closer. But yet there's this push-pull as every parent, as every husband, as every wife. Um, every friend, yeah. we want to pain-proof those that we love, but yet at the corner of our, our minds, we have to realize that is exactly what God uses. Mm -hmm. And so there's this... Isn't that an amazing dichotomy? It is I, I unbelievable. I want this, but I don't want to have it God's way. I want to make yes. it quick. And, and, that's, and that's, I think, the, the, the grand lesson that, that, that Peyton's life and continues to yeah. understand because I, it was so beyond my fixing, that mm. I was left with sitting in it, and by sitting in it, God did an amazing work with it. Oh. But it's miserable at uh, times. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, there's clinical terms for people who enjoy pain. That's not what we're talking about, is, right. is, is the enjoyment of pain. It's the reality in this grand doctrine of sovereignty. I mean, that's that, will you believe, will you behave as I believe? You know, is that's he sovereign or statement. is he not? And mm. if you answer yes, right. then you answer the, the whole package that he is. Mm -hmm. But his attributes are still those attributes of God. And that's the, the great privilege, the working out of our life is learning how in the context of tremendous pain to hold yes. on to the tremendous blessing. Yes. That's what we get to do as pastors. And how great is that? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Okay, now, how wonderful. being in Dallas Seminary mm -hmm. and having worked with so many from Dallas Seminary and so many pastors, my question is, without experience, like losing a Peyton, mm -hmm. like raising a Jonathan, like caring for a parent with Alzheimer's, yeah. How can a pastor incorporate this into their ministry? Because mm -hmm. that's what I think so many are longing for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did a radio program many years ago. We were living in Boston, and I was on the air with another pastor. And Colin, a fellow said, I don't know who he is. And he said, uh, are you Swindoll? And I said, yeah, I am. He said, uh, you went to Dallas Seminary. And I said, yes, I did. I did. Very grateful for my training. He said, uh, how come you're so compassionate? Hmm. Wow. 
Now, that can be taken the wrong way, and it sure. sounds like everybody at Dallas Seminary is laughing about it. That's enough. nonsense. The fact is, he'd never been around the campus, so he didn't sure. know. But he had been around some who maybe had seminary training, and they were rat-a-tat-tat with those answers. Yeah. I didn't do that. So first off, I think my answer would be, uh, let the feelings show through. Mm-hmm. Don't hide from the person the cracks of your own life. Um, the Scottish people say some things are better felt than felt. Mm-hmm. Compassion is felt. Mm-hmm. I talk about it all day and not have it. And again, I can demonstrate it and I don't need to say a word. Mm-hmm. I think to begin with, you've got to get over yourself. Yeah. You know, it's a big deal. You're not really that you, big of got, a fix it. Absolutely. Yeah. Teenagers help there. You helped a lot. I helped a few times. Just a few. But remember, you have that you have that silent thing you signed. That's good. No, no I it, did help you a go, whole lot. You go through all of that if for if for no other reason than to learn to stop dropping titles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Stop feeling that you're the uh, Bible answer man. Um. Cease all attempts to convey you're here yeah. and they're there. Yeah. Everything you can do to bring that level closer, the better. Referring to the young man that Steve and I know. Yeah. One of the best things that ever happened between us happened recently where he just suddenly came to the realization that we're all broken. <laughs> Oh, yes. We're all broken. And he just hadn't heard any of the things in my life right. that had happened. And it isn't about every time I preach, I put people on the, my right. couch and right. I unfold all the dirty things that I've struggled through. It's that they can hear in the tone or they can know through the approach. Did you understand? Mm. Isn't understanding a great yeah. quality? I actually pray for that quality. I pray that I'll have the ability to enter into an experience because I've not known addiction like this young man Mm -hmm. and to take away all the blame from my voice. Yes. Take away every look that could convey you should know better than how old are you? Yeah. All all that, you know, uh, king of the mountain stuff. If you can conquer that, you're halfway there. But it takes that crushing. Yeah, it, 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 it is. It, it absolutely does. And, and knowing um, that it's not all about you is, uh, is, is, a, is a Ph.D. Um, you know, but the truth is, for it not to be about you, you've got to know about you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where the humility, that's where having a, a wife that's um, right on top of you, that's where having right. children... So it, except it, for me, it's it, 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 again, it's 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 this wonderful blend for it to not be about me. I got to know enough about me so yeah. I can lay it at the cross right. and, and say, Lord, I need help here. And, you know, the fact is, I'll, I'm going to go out on a limb with this one. Most folks don't know who they are. I, I completely agree. They do not know. And uh, I love the way Jim Dobson put it years ago. We are not who we are. We are not who we think we are. Yeah. 
We are who we think other people think we are. Okay, say that again. We are not who we are. We are not who we think we are. We are who we think other people think we are. And so, up goes the mask. And that's what... I think the crushing does. That's what I yes. meant. It tears away the mask. It just drops it down. It does. And you're able to look at your Lord and say, okay, now, Steve, now are you going to take my hand? Or are we going to go through right. it? Yes. And, right. And that occurs because we always want to take it back. And so um, I, I believe all of us will go through multiple opportunities to be crushed. And, and mm. Chuck, you, you've had a, a saying that, you know, life is not what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. Yes. And, and I really think it's, it's that response yeah. where, where God says, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, in the, you know, the, the world is, always focuses on the outcome. I, I don't mm-hmm. really care what your process is. You mm-hmm. can lie, cheat, steal, but just produce for me. Yeah. Just it's outcome based. And, and, and God, as he does, he throws it upside down and says, look, mm-hmm. I'm in charge of the outcomes. Show me your process. Just, mm. just show me. Walk mm. with me. And that's hard for most of us to 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 switch because we're so mm. outcome based. I got to be who you think I should be, mm. Chuck. Mm. I, I should be that man right. that that serves um, with Chuck Swindoll. And if if I walked into the office every day having that, mm. all the crushing God did in my life would be for naught. Mm. Mm. Um, and and that would be the real tragedy. Mm. Um, that would be. Um, uh, just that, the, the real tragedy. And so mm-hmm. learning how to do that in the context of community, in the context of a church, in the context of, of a family, um, mm-hmm. that um, is what I, I, I prayerfully get a privilege to step into. Yeah. I have an axiom that goes like this. Uh, you need to know who you are. You need to accept who you are. Mm-hmm. You need to be who you are. I may use that. It's in that process. Yeah. Start with the first one. Knowing who you are means you listen better than you speak. You learn better than you teach. You accept better than you correct or direct. You begin to learn, this is how I'm put together. These are my gifts. I'm weak in this area. Mm-hmm. So I, I need someone near me who's strong there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're, no one's strong in all areas. No one is strong in most areas. Right. We come across as strong. So you learn who you are. And then the big step is, I accept that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't That's really, huge. It's enormous. Yeah. I, I can't care whether you like it or don't. Right. I'm not going to fake it. Right. And by not faking, if that turns you off, right. doubtful our chemistry is going to work. Right. But by my not faking it, mm-hmm. I'm demonstrating, I don't, I don't like everything about me, but I accept how I'm put together. Yeah. You know, fearfully, wonderfully made. Psalm right. 139 in action. He made me in hmm. my mother's womb. I've been designed by God. All the rough edges are in the process of being smoothed. Right. And I'm learning to accept and third, then, I need to be. Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. And, you know, people that date, 
and they're, <laughs> you know, they're they're trying to win her over, and she says, "I love the symphony." Oh, I love the symphony too. Oh, I I can't well, I can't wait. So they go to the symphony, and he fights to stay awake, and they're going through the and all through this courtship, she's thinking, "I'm gonna <clears throat> fall in love with this symphony loving man," and then she marries him, and then that stops. I hate, the I hate it. I'm gonna go yeah. fishing. Right. right. Or I'm right. hanging. You can go, but I'm going to sit through that long hair stuff. He never did like it. Right. So the problem with all this courtship thing is we don't let them know who we really are. Hmm. So happens the young man we keep referring to has a young lady who is very interested in him. You know what he did? He spent the first few hours hiding the stuff, and he thought, how stupid is this? That's exhausting. It, it is exhausting. And he finally told her everything. No. Well, guess she what? She She adores him <laughs> because he's not a fake. Yeah. You need to know the truth. Yeah. I'm battling this. Right. I'm not through the battle. I've gone through months of failure. And I keep falling on my face. And she's thinking, there's a man alive that is that honest. Mm. Now, she wants him to recover, of course. Yeah. But he's not going to let her think he's anything other than who he is. Yeah. Okay. And I salute that. I Amen. think that's fabulous. That's fabulous. Very I, secure to do that. I'm yeah. going to shift the tide here because we have a saying in our house. We have a I don't give a rip meter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. And Jonathan <laughs> has really helped us skyrocket. <laughs> <laughs> and when it comes to the disabled community. Yes. They, I think, most of our discomfort yeah. in being with them. Yeah, you are. I know where you're going. You do, is because we care too much about what other people think. Right. Yeah. And he does not care. He doesn't give At, a rip. Right. And you know what? Right. I used to. <laughs> sure. Right. I it's, I cared. It's very disarming to be around him <laughs> because when you're with him, he'll do this. You know what, Bubba? Your teeth are really crooked. <laughs> <laughs> and about the time I believe that, he says, also, your breath is really bad. I know. I just grabbed this kid. You know? hey, he doesn't know. He doesn't mean it to be insulting, funny. It's just the truth. Yeah. Now, we all know we need to have a little tact when we're right. with of people. Of course but we do. But there are some folks I want to go, you know what, your breath. If you could just <laughs> do something about your breath. Well, and you know what? He's forced me because I, I was so formula driven. Yeah. Hmm. I read eight books before Ashley was born. A lot of help that did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. She's, Ashley's pretty she's good precious. Kid. Yes, well, exactly. Well, but her brothers came along. And a lot of crushing came yep. along. Yeah. And a lot of, Colleen, you don't have a clue, yeah. came along. And that I don't give a rip meter. Mm -hmm. I, I care because I care for the person. Sure you do. Sure. There are limits in this. And we know what but, you mean. We know what you mean. But do I care if I sit on a floor in a chair? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. Because most of the time, Jonathan wants to sit on the floor. Sure. Do I care that the dog hair was all over us when we were putting... Mm -hmm. No, because my kid's heart was breaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what you care about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what you care. You got to decide what's worth caring about. And then you, you, you got to stop hiding it. 
Yes, and, a, and to bring it back again to the church, that's where I want our leaders to, to know themselves, mm -hmm. to accept themselves, mm -hmm. to know when to talk and not talk. Mm -hmm. Because someone like me who comes into the service with a kid who yeah. is on sensory overload sure. or was up half the night mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever. And I, as a leader, have to remember there are a lot of folks there like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're not all sitting there with their sharpened pencil or their new pen right. ready to write down these great gems from heaven right. that I'm going <laughs> to unload on them. Some are there thinking, ah, I don't know if, I if you only knew yes. what my life is like, yes. if you only knew how discouraged or depressed I am. Yeah. And you know what? I think about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I do. I think about this message and I think... Does this message connect with a person who's at the bottom? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Will that person get a little hope yeah. from what he hears? I don't want to alter the message. I just want to say it in a way sure. that he or she can get it. Sure. Or the person who's just last night virtually walked out of their marriage. Right. Mm -hmm. Or a guy that just found out yeah. wife's having an affair. Yeah. He's mm -hmm. there today. She may be sitting right next to him. Yeah. She may not know he knows. Right. I've had people walk up and say, okay, my wife talked to you, right? <laughs> I'll say, your wife, uh, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> right. Who you are. right. No, no, no. He says, really, just he'll look <laughs> around. Nobody's there. He'll say, she told you, right? No. But something from the screen. Scriptures yes. are said in a way that connected. Said, you're exposed, man. Mm -hmm. You know, mm. God's Word does that. Yeah. Living he and active an and sharper than a double-edged sword, Amen. able to touch where no surgeon's scalpel can touch. Yeah. The soul, yeah. the spirit. Yeah. And I remember, I need to handle a, a tool that sharp uh, very carefully. Sure. I, I, I don't dare right. bludgeon people with it like it's a club. Right. It's a sharp sword. The and Spirit again, of God is able to use it. And Chuck, you as a senior pastor, you're, you're not alone. That's what the church should be, that all of us uh, employed, yeah. attending. Yeah. Uh, we have a ministry at somewhere called Soul Care. That, that's the intent yeah. of mm. that Soul Care spirit is, true. Is, is to be there right. as the Spirit right. cuts and, and, and carves out truth. Um, it's irresponsible to leave them bleeding and, and just yeah. walk away and sort of say, well, I did a great job. Yeah, thank you, really ministered. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. And, mm -hmm. and that's where um, I, I think um, the ministry of Stonebriar um, and, and many other churches are really stepping into that place mm -hmm. to realize mm -hmm. indeed what Scripture does mm -hmm. and the grand privilege we have then to step into that and to help them heal, not fix them, but to help them heal mm. as the Spirit does what only the Spirit can do. Mm. And it's, you know, again, it's, it's the senior pastor's job to deliver that truth, yeah. but it's our body mm -hmm. to come alongside. Mm -hmm. That's what makes a church work right. or people not have, work. People have to feel safe. Absolutely. That's well, very important. Well, I was going to say, Absolutely. I was I was speaking with a friend of mine who is going through a divorce, and she said, um, you know, I was a part of this group. And they all talked to me. And now I'm alone in my apartment. And they've texted me. Not one 
has come to see me in my apartment. Yeah. Not one of my friends has shown up to just watch a show with me. Yeah. So she eats alone. She drives alone. She didn't mm -hmm. ask for this. And I just said to her, I understand. You know, Colleen, what, what you're addressing there, I, I think, is, is somewhat of a sort of a modern-day epidemic. And, and the enemy is so clever in its deceptiveness. As, as grand as our communication ability is today to text, to communicate, um, the sense of loneliness oh. um, is becoming more and more pervasive. It's that mask that we talked about earlier. Right. It's the, the example you gave. And, and again, I think that's the great opportunity of someone who's broken and then is restored is they understand the pain of loneliness. Mm. And, and that's, that's the beautiful thing about our mm. spirit. It, it moves into that loneliness. And, mm. and unfortunately, I think, you know, the... The curves of thinking were so communicated. What we're finding is there are lots of lonely people there in marriages, mm -hmm. in families, much less alone in their apartments, mm -hmm. in their jobs. And, and I think that um, is what, you know, manifests some of the pathologies, some of the comforting behaviors like addictions. Yes. yes. Like that. Those are all, you know, addictions aren't our problems. Those are our solutions. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, They're just and, ways to cope. And, when we don't know what how and, to cope. Right. In grief, whether it's dealing with the death of a child or not, there was immense loneliness. And what really helped Melanie and I is for not only us to not be lonely, because there's many marriages where there's an abundance of loneliness, awesome. that broke us. We did not have the luxury of being alone. Mm. We were in this together. Our daughter Brittany was in it. Now Anna and Alexander, we are in this. And, and that probably was the one of the transcendent gifts is, mm. is, is we realized we weren't alone and we started to live like we're not alone. And That takes I, effort, oh, too. Oh, it is. And, and because of all what we talked about earlier, of the mask we put up and the fear of if they really see who I am, but all the mass, all the fate just insulate the loneliness. And yeah. that's what sorrow or grief or tragedy or brokenness has the grand opportunities to crush through that, mm -hmm. you're not alone. Yes. And then the spirit does and the church body does what we are blessed to be able to mm -hmm. do. But it's, it's loneliness is a, is a tragedy. Uh, you know, <clears throat> that brings up what I was talking about earlier um, before we started our recording. I found the seven dwarfs of despair. And um, that's an encouraging title. <laughs> it, but you know what? It, it's, a, it, it's, um, it's a reality I, title. I, I agree. <laughs> but it also is let me show you how to support sure. them and how to finally kick these dwarfs out of the house mm. because they can go out of the house. But the first one is spacey. To understand, the person's going to be a little spacey. They're going <laughs> to lose their keys, they're going to lose their stuff. Okay. Um, their mental, physical, emotional bodies undergo change. So the first dwarf when you are in despair is being spacey. Hmm. And to, instead of saying, how could you lose your keys again? Yeah. The person supports by offering reassurance. Why don't I pick up your keys? Why don't I go and pick that up for you? Hmm. And I know you've got that dry cleaning that's due. Let me, let, me, let me pick that up for you. Oh, I didn't even think about the dry cleaning. Who's thinking about dry cleaning? You know. 
The second and third are the twin. Or second and third are the twin divorce. Lonely mm-hmm. and empty yeah. when we're in grief. Mm-hmm. I'm lonely on the outward when um, I feel very isolated in mm-hmm. a big place, mm-hmm. and inwardly I'm empty. It's that mm-hmm. hole that mm-hmm. we want to fill up with a lot sure. of times unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And the support is to show up and say. I'm going to be with you in this. Let's go to the store together. Or let's walk the dogs together. Sure. It was all I could do to, to, to do that with the boys. But I thought, we've got to get out of here. The fourth is guilty. When we're in despair, we feel guilty. Hmm. I should have. I could have. What if? If only. Hmm. And we can often say to someone else, how could you have? Or you and Melanie could have blamed one another. Sure. My friend's word for that is to be lame. <laughs> she goes, <laughs> you know, good. we spell blame, be lame. That's good. The mm. fifth is worry, <clears throat> excuse me, which is the outer manifestation of fear. Mm-hmm. And mm. a supportful person comes in and puts, harnesses the fear mm. and says, really, let's look at this <laughs> as it is. Not as you see it right now because it's hard to be clear. Sure. Mm. Um, the sixth is angry. And we talked about that. And anger can either be pervasive in the house and we angry and outlashing. Or this one source that I read said, or we can tuck anger in the basement and then it comes through the vents. Sure. And it comes out and being angry toward the doctor that didn't save the daughter. Right. The sure. doctor that didn't change Jonathan's diagnosis or mm. could have helped. Hmm. The seventh is gloomy. And they feel unhappy because life is unpredictable. Mm. And the way to come alongside someone is to then say, let's do something next weekend. Get a calendar together. Mm. Help them put together a few things mm-hmm. so they know sure. there's hope. So you know, re- read week, them off again. Okay. So it's not quite as negative no, as I thought. No, I think that's, that's good. <clears throat> I got the dwarf thing. The um, first one is spacey. Okay. Okay. Second and third are the twins, lonely and, and empty. empty. Right. Fourth is guilty. Fifth is worry. Mm. Sixth is angry. Mm. Seventh is gloomy. <laughs> I got it. When we understand that a person in despair mm. has these, what we would think of as invisible dwarfs, mm-hmm. then we can enter into helping them with our presence with taking care of the keys. Right. Mm-hmm. Babysitting your older daughter when you were in the you hospital bet. for so long. You bet. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute, Dad. <laughs> I've never done that before, have I? <laughs> Ever. Lucky you. Go, go ahead. <laughs> um, how have you and Mom done that with John? Done what with John? Work through despair. Yeah. Because there have been times where I have called. Oh, yeah. And said, I have more bad news. Yeah. Mm. Well, when you get word that one of your own, in our case, a grandson, um, has a condition that isn't going to change. There will be alterations from time to time, but or you is know, getting worse. 
And Tobin knows, and your family knows, and therefore we know, what we are hearing is not some quick diagnosis. Right. It's been carefully <coughs> analyzed, and uh, therefore we need to live with it. That can be uncomfortable at times. Very much it? so. Yep. Um, we decide that we're going to accept him as he is. Uh, we're not going to try to... Works and all. Yeah. And that's a great thing when you do that. When I'm with him, I don't, uh, I don't feel embarrassed. I don't, don't. Uh, I will sometimes say to someone, alone, while he's not there, he's autistic, mm -hmm. or he's a special needs child. That's why he, you know... Sniffed your coat so close. <laughs> I started saying in the store the other day, he smelled, you know, a person. And, and it, Jonathan, you know, you've got to give them their space. But anyway, I, and I also have to say, it may not sound very spiritual at all, which I like answers that aren't sounding spiritual. We've not lost our sense of humor. Right. Which I think is important. Jonathan sometimes doesn't laugh when the rest of us laugh. Right. Sometimes he laughs when no one else is laughing. Right. And that's okay. I've I've learned to accept him. Yeah. Like that. Was there a a, a burst of grief? Yeah, there was. Mm -hmm. We grieved for you, and and we felt for your family. Being around his brother helps, because Austin, <laughs> Austin is just great. Uh, They're hilarious. He's kids. hilarious, and Austin a little older than uh, than Jonathan, and yet he loves him. Yeah, <laughs> like I can't put into words. Uh, Austin getting ready to go to the University of Oklahoma. Mm. He'll be miles away, and I know that you probably haven't said much about that to uh, Jonathan because he he really loves Austin. We actually have. Have you talked about it? Well, we we know we have to prepare. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And we know, and that that's a good word for us. <clears throat> we prepare when we're going to be with him. Right. This is how he is. Yeah. Uh, and some people are uneasy with that because here again, we want folks uh, carefully contained yeah. and uh, appropriate and all of that. Uh, Jonathan, I appreciate the fact that I'm up front greeting people. Jonathan wants to walk right up and say hi to his granddad, yeah. and I'm in the He's middle of maybe yeah, conversation. Yeah. following yeah. a sermon. That's not appropriate. So I will sometimes just put my arm around Jonathan and I'll finish talking to these folks so he will know I know you're there. Right. Sometimes I want to go. <laughs> a lot of times. Don't, don't, don't say anything right now. You know, duct tape, duct tape comes yeah. in a lot of colors. <laughs> but uh, before long, I'll have a moment. And I've learned to adapt to that. And you've helped. Because mm. you're sensitive to the fact that I can't always suddenly drop everything. Right. 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 So it, it, you work it through. There isn't a formula. Right. Uh, I think it's it's a, a bit of a jolt when we realize uh, it will always be like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I would love to think when I wake up some morning, I get a phone call and Jonathan says, you know, yeah. I'm right up there with the rest of you. Right. And so he won't. And the things, uh, I learned this from Johnny Erickson, mm. where so many people tell Johnny, I'm praying you'll be healed. And Jonathan, Johnny will off, often say, I appreciate your prayers. 
don't pray for the head. Because yeah. the Lord's taken me through this enough to know yeah. I'm not going to walk again. Yeah. Please. Yeah. And there are folks that hold out this hope and claim all kind of verses out of context. Right. And they'll try to wrench from her this answer that says, I, I know I'm going to be. No. Yeah. I'm a quadriplegic. And I'm learning how to live with that yeah. and how to make the best of that. And I'm going on with my life. I've learned to accept Jonathan as autistic. Yeah. There's no lack of faith in that. Right. I think that that's, as, as I talked about Peyton, when we chased that diagnosis exactly. for two years, after that second yeah. year, what I explained, there was this sense where it's acceptance. Just this is where we said are. That, and, and, yeah. and it was, again, just a remarkable journey for those three years. And, there, there is. And, and you yeah. free yourself. Absolutely. And again, make no mistake about it. As, as you said, Chuck, I, I, I would love to have Peyton dancing and running of course. and doing that. Yeah. And, and so, she will. With your withering glory. Absolutely. But you know what? There's a saying that is worth repeating. In acceptance yeah. lieth peace. Amen. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. No kidding. When you accept yeah. this, yeah. you have peace when you're with Jonathan. You're not yeah. embarrassed about him or yeah. for him. You, right. you, you have accepted this. Yeah. And he comes made by God. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just as much as Steve uh -huh. And Colleen yeah. and Chuck have been made by God. He's not an exception. You know what Ashley told me just yesterday? Um, she goes, you know, Mom, well, I had a parent-teacher conference for, for John yesterday. And there's always grief. Sure. And there's always mm -hmm. reality. Mm -hmm. There's always, am I going to accept it for what it is? He's one of the most challenged kids at the school. Wow. And his teacher said, He's the hardest working <laughs> yeah. student. He is. He works harder than any How other of the other Colleen? kids. Isn't that How good is that? <laughs> but then I was with Ashley and I'm trying to fix something that we've just found out, you know, so I'm gonna go fix it because I'm I'll give you my degree. Something. I've got the degree <laughs> yeah. gold. I'm gonna let you have my degree. Yeah. Because it's absolutely wasteless. Yeah. <laughs> wasteless, I should yeah. say. Ashley said, Mom, and this is after she had met with you because uh -huh. she's getting married. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Mom, you know, sometimes just letting go. What is that? Yeah. Because the teachers had looked and said, yeah. that I said, well, should I be doing this and this? And they both kind yeah. of looked on and I said, it's okay, I'm a little high achiever. And they both laughed and Ashley later yeah. said, sometimes if you just let go, Mom. It'd be okay. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's a nuance to acceptance that, that sometimes doesn't get fully unpacked, and I'm sure we don't have the, the, the time to do that here. It's learning how to accept with hope, because there's an acceptance mm. with a sort of resolution that, okay, I guess I have to accept that mm. it's inferior. Yeah. I have to accept that it's less than. And I think the devil wins, mm -hmm. because just saying the word acceptance yeah. isn't, isn't complete. It's, it's learning how to accept with hope, with vitality, with energy, with um, all of those blessings that we have. And so um, I've seen the devil win where someone has got to acceptance, but they've got to acceptance with reservations. And, or got, those dwarfs are still yeah, living in their got house. To acceptance. So yes. cognitively, they're self-talk, I'm accepting, I'm accepting, but you can tell their spirit yeah. is not accepted and unpack that for us well, yeah. it, it, you know it, it it's it's truly the alignment I, I think 
you know, we, we know things before we feel them. Feelings always follow facts. And so I think in the grieving process, what grieving truly is, is this um, aligning how we feel with what we know. I know Peyton is dead. I know that Jonathan is, is special needs. And so I know that. And then we embark on this grand journey of aligning what I know and what I feel. And I think mental health is that congruence of knowing and feeling with in the context of, of the hope of our Savior at that point. And so mm -hmm. that's the desire that, that we at Stonebriar, that, that I think everyone who, who, who carries the beautiful title of pastor is, is called to do, is to, mm. is to accept, but yet to accept with this sense of hope, not a giddiness, not an unrealistic, again, right. that's pathology. But right. the opposite is grim. Yes. That's, that grim, yeah. resolute that yeah. says, well, that's the way it is. Exactly. That's, you, that's the cross we have to bear. Those yeah. are the type of things oh, where, 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 where my heart, where there, the nobility is in this acceptance, and that's all about them. <laughs> that, that's still their stuff that mm -hmm. they're working out. Mm -hmm. And so acceptance comes with this sense of joy. Yeah. Realistic but sense of joy that this is God's sovereignty. Yep. This is how it, and, and that that's a game changer. That changes everything when you learn how to accept. And again, that's what we get the privilege of, hmm. of doing. Um, well, Jonathan becomes one of the channels of your becoming compassionate. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh. The other, I would not like me if I didn't have Jonathan. <laughs> the, other, the other evening we, we had been with him and he was tired, and he decided to lay down on the sofa down in the family room. And Austin was sitting on this end. I was mm. in my chair, and, and he laid down and uh, fell asleep. And the perspiration mm. just ran off his forehead. Mm -hmm. He gets hot. Really. His face was at peace. There weren't any ticks. There weren't any jerks and motions. He was just finally hmm. at ease. Hmm. And Austin just... Hmm. Yeah. I said, uh, he's a terrific kid, isn't he? He said, he is. Taking me a long time to realize just how great he is. Yeah. It was a great moment. So Austin enters life with the benefit that most young men yeah. Sophomore at a university yeah. have not had. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what it is to have his arm around a, a little brother that's been Be bullied, kicked around. Boy, I mean, Austin will pop you in the face <laughs> if you bully his brother. And, and he should. Yeah. Yep. He's there to help take care Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. And he's never forgotten that. Yeah. Part of our, okay, here's an example then maybe mm -hmm. of the acceptance and congruence. Mm -hmm. Austin getting ready to go to school. Yep. Jonathan will most likely, unless the Lord chooses to intervene, attend college. Mm -hmm. So I have to accept that. Yep. And that's grievous because a mother looks forward to sure. their child yeah. growing into the best that they can be. And college isn't going to be the best thing for John. But for Austin, that's sure. his direction. Sure. <clears throat> So in accepting, we're working through, Austin, it's going to be great for the first time in your life. You will not have a younger brother walking into your room right. in the middle of the night, waking you up right. or asking for a sleepover. 
because he just wants to have someone around him. We're learning to accept that. And that's mm-hmm. freeing for Austin. Sure. Yep. And with Ashley getting married. Sure. Jonathan most likely will not be married. Sure. I cry at weddings after the usual. Mm-hmm. Because I realize that's not part of his, the joy that he'll experience in life. Yep. Right. But I, I want to be fully joyful for her. Sure. Right. Is that kind of what you're yeah, talking I, about I, with I, this? I, I, absolutely. I, I think it, it, acceptance in, in the parlance that we're talking about, it has a sort of a, a, a pop psychology term, accurate as it is. But, but I think what we're talking about is really um, the embodiment of that scripture of, um, you know, we make plans, but God guides our steps. And, and, and I think that's the maturing is, is this recognition. It's not of an acceptance of my expectation and we fail to realize how deeply some of those scaffoldings of our expectations are constructed and that's the crushing it breaks down those scaffolds and God reaching down into us and saying will you now accept my plans for Mm. my plans are far better than yours and Mm. so that's what I think you're talking about is trusting that we are to make plans that's good and right and God gave us a mind to make those things but at some point you know, um, Chuck, you, you use um, Corey Tim Boom's wonderful saying that, that, that we don't want to hold anything too tightly because mm-hmm. it just hurts when God has to pry our, mm-hmm. our hands off that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I'm talking about, this, this acceptance of yeah. that. You know what is interesting in all of our conversation today and through this whole time? We haven't once used the word easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we sit here with these platitudes yeah. almost thinking, yeah. It's great that you handle this, or you yeah. can't fix, or yeah. you accept the fact that oh, your yeah. son is is autistic, and you're yeah. going to say goodbye to your yeah. daughter, and yeah. you're going to have an empty nest. I've cried most. more lately than no, I've cried not. in months. But you know what? It's hard. That isn't easy. Yeah. This isn't. Accepting as it was with Pete wasn't right. No. No, it's not. Accepting the truth <laughs> as it relates to people yeah. in my own life isn't easy, but it's best. Yeah. It's good for us. It, anything that's and I've good. learned that what is hard is usually better oh, ab- than what is easy. Absolutely right. Honestly, getting through school is hard. Yeah. Boy, is it great. <clears throat> you know, yeah. Facing the, the, the truth of something is yeah. difficult. Not easy. Yeah. Yeah. But in the long run, you've got the truth. This young man we keep referring to, I said to him, what's the difference now? He said, well, two things especially. Mm. Number one, I don't hide. Mm-hmm. And number mm. two, I don't lie. Yeah. I've spent my life mm-hmm. hiding from you and our family and all who I really am. Mm-hmm. And second, finding another way to lie. Yeah. Even a partial truth. Yeah. Saying, yeah. oh, I'm okay. Meaning, well, I don't have some dread disease. Right. And I've got pretty good uh, health in the future and I'm young. But I'm not doing well. Yeah. So I've learned to say, today's not a good day. That's yeah. not a lie. Right. You know, and I think there's a lot to say for the fact we're not looking for a life that's easy because it isn't. And if I might add a life that's always happy. God isn't in the business of making us happy 24-7. Right. Right. He's in the business of making us like his son. Well, that's a beautiful Reinhold Neighbors prayer, the Serenity Prayer, talks about hardship being a pathway to peace. It may be reasonably happy in this yeah. world, yes. so I'm eternally grateful yeah. in the next at that that's point. Right. And, yeah. You know, it, it, easy is, um, I, 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 that's, that's a 
great point, Chuck. It's not easy. It's not. And it's we just need to set the record straight. Absolutely right. Lest anyone watching right. think, boy, when I yeah. get to where they are, right. I'm going to find it easy. No, <clears throat> you're going to find another challenge. Yep. You're going to find life as another adjustment. Yep. And you know, it's okay. And, and thank you for saying that. because It's I'll, okay. I will walk out of here today and I will do something, say something stupid to my wife or silly to the course, council. And, of course. And, and so I'm, I'm really glad that, that... Welcome to the real world. Yeah, because it would, it would be tragic if we sat here as if, again, these yeah. accurate but yet seemingly simple right. statements are just sort of tossed right. out like popcorn right. and realize that... Um, this is the day that I've got to try and do it better. Isn't it great that the one who knows us the best yeah. loves us the most? Isn't that great? Yeah. You know, Thank goodness for that. Last <laughs> night, loves us the most. last night we were talking, I'm, and I'm maybe incorrect in this, but the Bible, of course, is not put together chronologically, but in sections. Uh -huh. And I recently learned Job was probably the first book mm -hmm. written. Very well have been. May well have been. And so I said to the kids, should we not take a clue? <laughs> about the Christian life. Uh, sure. Very good. If it starts there, yeah. then there's hope at the end right. with the resurrection. Yeah. But right. it sure didn't start easy. No. No, it? and when it's hope at the end, Job gets twice as many kids. I'm I don't know sure if that's, that's hope. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, not sure that's the kind of ending any one of us would Well want. said. <laughs> as we close... Um, We've talked about a whole lot of stuff, we did. haven't we? This and has been thank fun. you very much. Oh. Steve is a counselor, as someone who has is going through some losses mm -hmm. and has experienced loss. Mm -hmm. How what would you say to the person who is not wanting to get up today? Um, <laughs> without trying to fix them, <laughs> I, I would say get up. Yeah. Get up get up. Um uh Get up, and um, good things happen from there. M meaning that there is a a, a sense of um, of engagement, of, of participation, and and you may not feel like it. Um, you know, sometimes we have to behave our way into how we feel. Yes. And um, I I would uh, I I would prayerfully ask them just to get up. And mm. and we have a saying um, that keeps life very very simple. It's NRT, next right thing. If you ask my children right now, if you put up NRT, they'd get a big smile and they go, Dad. But it's the next right thing because something, sometimes all you can do is the next right thing. Yeah. And to me, that is one of the most profound examples of faith. Lord, I don't know where I'm going to go. Yes. I don't know what I'm going to do. But the next right thing seems for me to get up. I don't know what I'm going to do when I get up. I, I brush my teeth. I mean, whatever that it may N -R -T. be. NRT. What's just, the next it's right thing? the next right mm -hmm. thing. And, and to me, that is um, what we're trying to do in the Fisher family, what we're trying to do um, within the ministries of Stonebriar mm. is to trust this God, mm. to trust him and just do the next right thing. And that may be very small. Mm. <laughs> Or it may be very large, like I have to now tell the truth. That's the next right thing for me. No, I have to tell good. the truth. It's true. It's and a big thing. Absolutely. But if you can break life's ties down really into just do the next right thing. Yeah. Yes. So that's what I would tell them. What's the next right thing for you to do right now? Get up? Okay, let's do that. Now, what's the next right? It's exhausting. 
but I believe that's that pathway. But it's more exhausting to look at the whole picture well, than just. I'm gonna I'm gonna take away a little bit of this by adding. <coughs> the next right thing is to make your bed. <laughs> good good point. Well said. You know, <laughs> Cynthia and I have a thing. We've been doing that's this good. for years. When we get up, we make our bed. Yeah. First of all, you're not as tempted to crawl back in it yes, when it's all made right. up. Well Second, you have, for the <clears throat> first time in the day, accomplished something. I, I and every time you walk by it, the bed's made up. When I'm at a motel, this is the kind of type A I am. I make my bed. <laughs> the maid comes in and goes, someone's been here. I just make my bed. Anyway, yeah. by doing that, yeah. you have at least accomplished something. Right. That's and by, by, by the discipline of just pulling up the sheets, yeah. pulling up the bedspread, putting the pillows in place, and you have stepped into the day, yeah. and you remember, well, I've gone the next step. Right. It might be brushing the teeth. Yeah. It might be getting something to do with right. your hair. It might be fixing breakfast. But you've got underway. It's no big deal, and yet it is. Right. Well, I was going to say, Patsy Claremont, when I last spoke with her, when she was literally so frightened and in a place of mental illness, was in her bed mm -hmm. and said, Lord, what do I do? And she said, I kid you not. He said, get out of your bed yeah. and make it. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. She goes, but do I have to make his side too? <laughs> That's good. And he said, yes. I said, did you? She said, yes, yeah. I did. And I would the hope, next right thing. I would hope that, that anyone who is listening to us and, and they're in that position of wondering right. what to do, right. that that's what they would do. Right. Maybe the next thing is to pick up a phone call and, and say, I need some help. Maybe, right. Whatever yes. scale, wherever you're mm -hmm. at, mm -hmm. I, I would pray that they would be encouraged, that they would find hope right. um, in just realizing the next right thing. Sometimes it's, it's the little step. Oh, sure. It's not a giant step. It, it, the majority You're not of the going time. from here to a 26-mile right. marathon. Yeah. You're, you're, you're making the bed. You're making <clears throat> the next step. You're putting on something that might look halfway decent. Right. You're taking on the day, right. whatever yeah. it may mean, and you try your best not to set a goal that's way out of reach. Right. Just right. getting the kids' lunches, just getting them to school, or whatever it may be. It's amazing what that does to you. Yep. Oh. And then, Dad, as a pastor, preaching to hurting hearts, mm. the next right thing also comes with a belief in the sovereignty of God. Hmm. Well, uh, I don't think there's a truth that I turn to every day more often than that. Mm. I mean it. Mm -hmm. The other night I was... Uh, Driving home, it was late, freeway was crowded, there was a wreck down below, and happened to be on 75. And uh, <laughs> the truck had broken down, it was back way up. Almost got hit. Saw the guy coming behind me, mm -hmm. and I heard this, <coughs> and I thought, here it is. Yeah. Had someone with me, and I said, hang on. <laughs> and the guy squirted around and just missed our car. Oh my gosh. First thought was, I could have been hit, and maybe someone will be before that guy's home because he was going much too fast. But I thought the sovereign hand of God yes. protected us right there. I was totally helpless. Yeah. That was one time. That was at the end of the day. Earlier that day, I'd gotten a call. And uh, my first thought was, what on earth? My second thought was, God is in this. 
Yeah. Hmm. He's not in heaven, roaming around, wringing his hands. What am I going to do with it? Right. He has a plan that unfolds. His wheels grind slowly, but exceedingly fine. Yeah. Mm. And he's doing a work in your heart, mm. your heart. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, he's doing it in mine too. Yeah. Mm. I often say to people when they say, how did you know what to speak on? I will often say, I talked on what I needed to hear mm -hmm. and I let you listen in. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they will often answer, you needed that? Here again, the, fact, the thought that because you're delivering yeah. it, you don't need it. Yeah. I said, I've been on this all week, mm. yeah. maybe two weeks. I need this more than anybody yeah. around. Mm. And it, it helps them, helps yeah. me. Yeah. So I don't have to be something I'm not. Right. Know who you are, accept who you are, then be who you are. Yeah. The fact is, I'm a needy person. We're all broken. Mm. Yeah. I just happen to have been blessed with a responsibility. Mm -hmm and an opportunity, hmm. surrounded by a family that loves me. Yeah. And you keeps know. you humble. <laughs> I was going to say, said that I was saying, well, two of our four really like us. <laughs> well, I like you today. And when she said, when she'll say, three of our four really like I'm thinking, it's a yeah. great day. <laughs> Thanks again for spending time with me on the Reframing Ministries podcast today. You can get the show notes and other information on our website, reframingministries.com. If you like the show, we would love for you to share it with someone you know who would be encouraged by it. In addition, it would be helpful to take a few seconds to rate and review this on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you're listening to your podcast today. Your input will really help us get the word out, and I would be so thankful. The Reframing Ministries podcast is a production of Insight for Living Ministries. Until next time, remember, your best life is yet to come.